Psalms 100, 1 through 4 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. The psalm said we get to come before His presence with singing. How awesome it is that we get to sing and make melody in our hearts to the Lord. We get to enter His gates with thanksgiving. We've assembled together this morning. Aren't we thankful for what He's done for us? We know His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures forever. What a mighty and powerful God we serve. I want to thank you if you're here and you're a guest. You are our honored guest. I say this on behalf of the elders, the deacons, the members. You are our honored guest and we thank you for being here. I appreciate uh, some of my buddies from school are here. Uh, Hug their neck, love on them and show them how Fountainhead gets down uh, when we get done. But you know... All of that is fine and good and and all of that is great to get to be and see people that we love. But when we come and we assemble here, we get to worship God. We get to worship the Creator of all things. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6. And I'll be dealing with the verses 1 through 18. What I'm trying to do is I'm going to begin trying to get on uh, track with the curriculum that we're teaching in Bible class. So I'll be preaching from Matthew and, and on in as they go, I'll go with them. There's a story of a holy man one time and it was in an eastern country Jerusalem, I don't know the specifics of where he was at, but he was a uh, holy man, so they said. He, he sat on the side of the road where the people would pass, and he put sackcloth on. He had sackcloth, and sackcloth is an itchy type clothing that when you put it on, it bothers you. you moving around. Think about getting like a scrub pad put on your body. You know, it, it's the type of material it, it would bother you all the time. And what he'd do is he'd sit by the side of the road and he'd have this sackcloth on and he'd put ashes over his head. He poured it over his head. And and he was, uh, he wanted people to think that he was uh, really dedicated to God and he was really uh, humble and had real good humility towards God. Well, these people would pass by and they'd look at him and they were so interested in him, they would, these uh, people that were visiting the country, they'd say, hey, can we get our picture taken with you? And he'd say, yeah, sure. And they'd get to where they were around him, 
And as soon as they'd get ready to take a picture, he'd say, oh, hold on, hold on. And he'd move his sackcloth. He'd move the ashes to where it was. Is it in my eyes? No? Okay. He'd get the ashes all fixed up. Okay, go ahead. Take a picture. And they'd take a picture. He was putting on a show. He was a type of person that didn't care about really what God was uh, talking to him about. He wasn't really worried about his relationship with God. What he was doing was using the benefits of God to help himself. This morning I want to talk about our dedication to God. And and if I had to have a title, it would be, Is it for show or is it for real? Is it for show or is it for real? You know, a lot of times uh, we think about our lives, and I think about me personally. Uh, Are we for real or do we play lip service? You know, uh, it's been some years ago, but some of y'all may remember the singing group Millie Vanilli with the dreadlocks, the two black guys. Blame it on the rain, you know. They had some good hits. I can't remember the other songs. But the problem was they were lip singers. (laughs) What they were singing wasn't what they were singing. It was somebody else. You know, one night they were singing in a concert and the the recording skipped. So the, the guy when he was singing it missed. And all their deal got shattered. You know, the whole plan of Millie Vanilli was uh, done. But they were playing and acting like they were doing something that they really weren't doing and we're catching the benefits of that. The question is, I want to ask you today, do we show ourselves to be something that we're really not? Just think about yourself personally, not about somebody else. Take just a minute and think about your life. Think about you as a person. When I started thinking about this and I started thinking about the things in my life, it makes me want to be better in so many areas. Because I don't want to fake it. I want to really do it. And I really want to have a relationship with God. And I hope that's what we all are wanting to do today. Uh, Let me encourage you to read with me uh, the verses 1 through 4. Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. They may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, that they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will Himself reward you openly. 
Jesus begins by saying, when you do your charitable deed in front of people, make sure you're not doing it for the pat on the back or, man, he's such a generous person. Think about it in your life. Think about doing charitable deeds. Anybody can do charitable deeds. There's a story of a homeless guy. Uh, two homeless guys, and they were on the, uh, sitting on the side of the road. One of the homeless guys, he had picked up a jacket in the trash. He fitted it, and it was fitting pretty good, and it was getting cold outside. And he sat down next to this other boy, and it was cold that morning. It was really, really cold. And he looked over. He took off his jacket, handed it to the boy. He said, here you go, man. You keep warm. And we'll swap out. You get warm for a while, and then I'll get warm for a while, and we'll just share. Anybody can do a charitable deed. It's that feeling that we get. Think about when you help somebody out. You know how good it makes you feel? It makes you feel good to help somebody, don't it? That's in need or a problem they have in their life, and you come and you help them. It makes you feel good to do those things. And I'm not up here preaching that don't do good deeds because we need to do that. But the problem we run into sometimes is that we want to make it more about who? Me. I want to make sure that I feel good and that I'm the one that's going to get this glory. Meaning, we love that feeling from helping someone, and that's great. You know, Paul in Galatians 2, when he's, when he's talking about gaining the right hand of fellowship with the apostles, in Galatians 2.10, he says uh, that they desired only that we should remember the poor. The very thing which I was also eager to do. Paul was eager to help the poor, and we should help the poor. We should help people that are in need, no doubt. But when we help the poor, is it in such a way that it brings glory and honor to me? Or it brings glory and honor to God? See, when we fix our minds in such a way that all that we think about and all that we want to do is to bring glory and honor to God, it changes the whole way that we live our life. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas is coming up and we're fixing to do a lot of things. A lot of us are going to do a lot of things and maybe already have for a lot of people that are hurting and struggling and needing help. And that's awesome. It shows compassion and love. It shows that just in the deed. But think about yourself. Seriously, think about yourself and who does that bring glory and honor to? Remember he says in verse 4, that your charitable deed be done in secret. And your father who sees it will himself reward you openly. By blowing the trumpet and making sure everyone sees you're doing the charitable deed. Hey, check me out. Look what I'm doing. 
I got all this food. We're fixing to go do this. Isn't that awesome? And it is. But it's the way that your mind is set. I can't tell if, if you're doing it for your glory or for God's glory. I can't tell that. But God can. Me and uh, Rich Shockley, he preaches at Rock Bridge, James and uh, Shirley's uh, son. We were talking about a story and he was telling me that he was watching this video of, of, a, of a group that does a YouTube deal that they do these good things for good people. And what they did was they gave this lady a tip for $200. So they gave her the tip and then they got up and they left. Well, the whole time they had some type of camera set up so they could video her, you know, and see how she acted. So they went across the street and they watched it. Well, she came over and, you know, you could imagine she comes over and grabs it and she's like, oh, man, $200. Starts crying. She's emotional about it. That's a great thing to do. It's a great thing and it's a great feeling to do that. But I, but I wonder, and I don't know this, but I wonder what their motive was. Was their motive for self? Was it for them to be able to say, hey, look at this, check out all the stuff that I do on YouTube for these people. And for more people to like their, his, their YouTube page and check their videos out and do those things. You know, and I think about that, I think about what James says in James 4, verse 10. He says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Listen to this. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and guess what? He will lift you up. Or He will exalt you. You know, the, the, the concept is you think, well, when I do this, I'll feel better. And that's true. How much more better will it be when you humble yourself and you make it nothing about you and you make it all about God? Because guess what? He'll lift you up. When He lifts you up, don't you think it'll be a whole lot better than you lift, man lifting you up? I do. I want God to lift me up. And that's what I want to strive for and I encourage us too to think about, just think about that as you do these charitable deeds and you're doing these things. Who is, is going to get the glory? You or God? Look with me in verse 5. 5 through 8. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue. You know, God, Jesus is such a great teacher. He, he's such a great teacher. He says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets 
that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. You know, the, in that time, uh, everything revolved around the temple. So all the action was going on around the temple. So these charitable deeds that they were doing, the praying, and the last point I'm going to talk about, the fasting, all went on around the temple. So people could see the stuff going on. So that's really the context of what he's saying. He's letting them understand, you see this. You see how they're praying out here in front of everybody. Making these big loud prayers. So everybody, God, I love you. I'm the greatest. You know, you think about the Pharisee in, uh, in uh, uh, Luke 18 where he says, I fast twice a week. I'm glad I'm not like him. You know, they, they had this mind frame that they were better than everybody. And their prayers were better. And people believed that. They thought, man, he's really a religious guy. Look at how he prays. He's awesome at praying. He's got it down. And when I think about this, you know, Jesus, He doesn't give a specific time to pray. He doesn't give uh, how many times you need to pray. (laughs) He wants it to be voluntarily. How much do you want to pray to God? What's your relationship with God and the fact that I want to pray to God to get my problem solved? Do I pray one time and then the prayer don't get answered and I'm done? Lord, please help me with this situation. See, I prayed. It didn't work. (laughs) How many times would Jesus go off? Many. He'd go off by himself. And what would he do? He'd get serious with his relationship with God. And he'd talk to him about problems. He talked to them about the situation. Who knows what they were talking about? I wish I knew what they were talking about. Probably couldn't understand a lot of it. But he was in an in-depth relationship with God. Think about your prayer life and your relationship with God. And I want to look at these verses 9 through 13 real quick. Look with me. Look at these prayers. He says... In this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Think about your relationship with with God. You know, 
In 1 Samuel, God tells Samuel to go and, and I want you to go to Bethlehem and I want you to go to the house of Jesse and I want to show you who the new king is going to be. So Samuel goes and Jesse lines up all his sons and here they come. First one, good looking, strong looking guy. Nope, that ain't him. Nope, that ain't him. Nope, that ain't him. Nope, that ain't him. Here they come passing through. Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) Samuel's like, what in the world? In 1 Samuel 16, 7, here's what he says. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I've rejected him. And he's talking about Saul. For God sees not as man sees... For man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at what? The heart. He looks at your heart. So we may look like we're the super Christian. We may look like we're doing the greatest things out here. We're charitable deeds. We're praying all the time. But really, we're just putting on a show. And we miss the point. Here's the point of the whole deal. God loves you so much. And He wants a relationship with you. Will you waste your whole life going through the motions and missing the relationship you can have with God? Waste your whole life going through the motions instead of really, really getting into what it's all about. It's really about having an intimate relationship. You know, not just your father, but your daddy. You know, isn't that a whole lot more intimate when 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 I hear uh, Libby say, Daddy. You know, it's so much more better to me to feel that way. I may not be saying that right, but that's all right. My English isn't always the best. Jesus is such a great teacher in the fact that He wants them to understand how important and how much more God will bless you when you do what He wants you to do and how He wants you to do it. And you can talk to Him and you can pray with Him and speak to Him about things that nobody else even knows about. Look at, the, look at the prayer real quick. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. When you pray, do you think about that with God? Do you think, Lord, I am uh, so glad that you're my God and I am uh, uh, vulnerable to you. You're the greatest thing ever. And whatever you want me to do, I'll do that. Because I love you so much. I render my obedience to you because I want to do your will. Hallowed. 
Hallowed be your name. Second thing, that your kingdom come and your will be done. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the body of Christ that I can come and be a part of. And I can be strengthened by Him. And Lord, I pray that your will will be done in my life. That I'll be effective to do your will. You can talk to God about this, man. You personally, with the number one person, the number one thing ever, created everything, an intimate relationship. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Day by day I can grow in a stronger and better relationship with God. Almighty. Not because I can just go through the motions of it. No, I can truly be God's kid. Man, is that not awesome to y'all? Day by day, not week by week, month by month, uh, whenever I kind of need it. Day by day. I can go stronger and better and do more things. When I do charitable deeds, it's for God's will. And guess what? People will say, man, he does awesome stuff. But that don't matter to me because I'm focused on God and his will. I'm looking for an opportunity to say, hey, guess what? I know a man that loves you. (laughs) Can I help you with something else? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I don't want to be tempted. I don't want to do wrong. Keep me away from Satan. Keep me, my mind focused on positive things. He's a hater. He's a scoffer. I love that word. One of the best things I learned in Hebrew poetry was scoffer. <laughs> That's what Satan is. He's a hater. He hates what you're doing for God. He hates that you'd want to come to worship. He hates the fact of anything that you do. And look what Jesus tells us to do. To pray for that. Lord, keep me away from Satan. Keep me away from doing bad things. I don't want to. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God, you are the most powerful thing. You get all the glory. Your kingdom is so awesome that I always am thankful that I'm a part of it. We could do this every day, all the time. It could be something that that you grow with and you gain so much confidence with that you'll never be ashamed to tell somebody about Jesus because it's totally consuming you. Each one of us in here have that opportunity to do that, to proclaim it and change people's lives. It's a... Look at verses 14 through 15. 
For if we forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's pretty self-explanatory, ain't it? Can you forgive somebody? Even though they've done you dirty? Even though they've done you wrong? You've got to forgive people and be able to. Think about what Jesus did on the cross. He made it a way that we could be forgiven. And we've got to do it. Or what does it say? Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. If we don't have a heart and the ability to say, I forgive you, I love you, come here, give me a hug. Then we don't have the heart and compassion of Jesus. What was it, 70 times 7? How many times you need to forgive? Look at verses 16 through 18. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I mean, Jesus is so repetitive and so perfect on His points. He's driving the point home. Don't do it for you. Do it for me. And I'll bless you. And you'll see the benefits of... of, If that's what you're longing for, for people to say something to you, let me tell you something. Hey, try doing it for God and watch how He exalts you. He'll exalt you to the place you need to be. A place you never thought you could be. You could be so impactful on people's lives that it'll be amaze you. But you have to first be willing to say, you know what, enough about me. I'm tired of putting on a show. I want to be for real. I want to be for real. Fasting was very important uh, in the days of Jesus. Jesus did it just a few chapters back. The Spirit led him into the wilderness, and what was he doing? Fasting. The the word right there uh, in the Greek is to abstain from food or drink as a religious exercise. And I kind of talked about it earlier. In, In Luke 18, the Pharisee said, I fast twice a week. The problem, again, was that these people were coming out. They were, man, I'm tired. See, I ain't even took a bath. See that? You probably smell me, can't you? They were putting on a show. And look what Jesus says about fasting. But in verse 17, but when, but you... When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. 
take a bath. Nobody should even know it. Nobody should even know that you was fasting. Because it's not about them, it's about God. I'm not preaching no prosperity gospel, but let me tell you something. In every single one of these points, listen to what he says at the very end. And your Father who sees in secret will do what? Reward you openly. However He wants to reward you, He's going to reward you. And I'll take it all day. Amen? I'll take a reward from God any day. When He says, man, you're being so so obedient. What a great relationship we have together. As Christians, turn with me to Hebrews 11. Chapter 6. Hebrews 11, chapter 6. As Christians, and we've obeyed the gospel, uh, some of us have in here, and, and, and some of us haven't, but as we've obeyed the gospel and become Christians, we, are, uh, we have this faith. And our faith is directed and centered towards God, or should be. And listen to what he says right here, the Hebrew writer. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Let me ask you something, brothers and sisters. Are you diligently seeking Him in your deeds, in your prayer, in your actions, in the way that you go about your daily life? Are you diligently seeking Him? Or is this so you can feel better? And I get that. I want to feel better. I want to feel better when I have situations. Do it God's way. And see how good you feel. After the, after the storm comes and you finish and go through the storm and you look back, you can say, man, I've grown spiritually. And man, I'm closer in a relationship with God. And God said, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So let me ask you a couple questions as I close. Think about yourself, your own person. Am I putting on a show? Am I missing the point? How real is my relationship with the Lord? How real is it? How deep of a relationship is, is it with the Lord? How deep does it go? Am I just right above up here? Or do I really get in it and really tell Him my problems? This is my favorite one. Do you know 
how much he loves you. Your relationship with him proves how much you love him. Yeah? The way that I act, the way that I do things shows how much I love Jesus. Let me take it one more step. I don't even need these notes. I'm flipping them. Don't even John 14, 15 says, If you love me, this is Jesus talking, then you'll keep my commandments. Whatever Jesus commands, whatever the Bible teaches you to do, He loves you so much, He gave you those instructions. He gave them to you. So you could grow in a relationship with Him and be pleasing to Him in all that you do. Boy, I fall short of that. Amen? Have you ever fallen short of doing God's glory uh, things and, and keeping His commandments? Have you ever fallen short of that? I have. But guess what? He still loves me. And still cares for me. But I want to strive to not sin. I want to strive to not do the wrong thing. Not anymore. We talked about this, Doug, in the McDonald's a little bit yesterday. I admire the apostles because of their heart and their, their soul for trying to go tell people the truth. <laughs> no matter what. Them boys was beat. You ever been beat? For preaching the gospel to somebody? These boys was beat, put in prison. Baptized, put in prison, baptized. It didn't matter. Their mission was never going to be settled by a beatdown. No matter what they did, they would always preach the truth. Brothers and sisters, I love you. But God loves you way more than me. He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you and for me. And if you're here today, and you are not a Christian, let me just tell you something. Jesus died on a cross for you. And guess what? He rose again on the third day for you. And He said, if you believe that, and you believe that, if you repent and turn from your sins, that you won't perish. And if you believe that, if you can confess in front of men that I'm not ashamed to tell any of you that I believe Jesus is the Son of God. And if you believe that, you now have the right, John 1.12, to become a child of God. Then you can be immersed in water. And Acts 2.38 says you can have your sins Forgiven. But that's just the beginning, my brothers and sisters. Or if you're not a brother and sister, listen. That's just the beginning. Because Revelations 2.10 says, You must be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life.
Think about your life. Think about your relationship. I encourage you to strengthen it. If you need to make something right, if you need to be baptized into Christ, come right now. That's together we stand. Sir.